Look at the letters in the word listen, and you'll find that those same letters also spell silent. Take the time to make sure that what you think you're saying is what they're hearing, because even a word like saving is not obvious. Hey, 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 welcome. Time for a new show. I, uh, I had a lot of interesting conversations this week, and it made me think of our topic for tonight. You need to be very careful on the words that you choose, because what you think you're saying may not be what your client or your prospect is hearing. And so Another angle to that, another lens to see that through is a little sticky note I keep on my screen to remind me. If you look at the word listen, look at the letters in the word listen, and you'll find that those same letters also spell silent. Isn't that fascinating? Was that an accident? Was that divine intervention? In order to listen, you need to resist the temptation to show everyone in the room how smart you are and be silent. And then you can hear what they're saying. And so uh, just another, a different angle on a, a lens that uh, you process your world through. So the words that you use, I had an interesting call yesterday, for example, new CFO, so the broker had to introduce you know, us and the services and they wanted to know what we did, how we did it. And their general counsel was on the call, lawyer. And so it was fascinating that somebody, you know, the lawyer, he's not familiar necessarily with the uh, terminology related to healthcare and underwriting and the, and the jargon we have in our industry. And so we actually had to have a conversation about savings and what it meant and what he considered savings and what we thought savings were and so what i would do when he talk and he'd be let's say off target i'd say okay i hear you let me repeat what i think you said because i want to make sure that we're saying the same thing maybe we're saying it differently but i want to make sure we're on the same page is that okay sure and so then I'd repeat it. And at the end of the day, you know, my example was, well, okay, so tell me what you call it. If a $111,000 claim comes in and you only pay $5,000 of it and you avoid paying $106,000, what do you call that part of it? See, we call that savings. And so we literally had to walk through what would appear to be an obvious commentary, but it wasn't obvious because, you know, he, he was stuck on his interpretation. And because I wasn't saying it the way he said it, you know, it, it created some consternation, but we ended up being on the same page. We just had to unpack it, get a little granular, you know, and, and help refine it so that we knew we we're on the same page. So 
you know, that made me think of, hey, it'd be interesting uh, today. And shout out to Al Lewis. I noticed uh, he sent an email out today about how words have been co-opted and how there's a bunch of words in healthcare that don't mean what they used to be. So great minds think alike, Al. Way to go. So tonight, um, choose your words carefully. Yeah, it's really important because even a silly thing like the word savings doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to everybody. And so I'll give you an example of, of words and how they've changed necessarily over time. Uh, many of you use the word peruse. Well, the original etymology of that was to thoroughly examine something. And over time, for most people, when you say the word, I, I, I peruse the contract, it means that you, you know, kind of casually reviewed it, not a detailed examination of it. And so that's an example of how you can say one thing and think you mean it, but it means something else. Uh, the other thing is that's really important is we've touched on it before, so I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell on it. But, you know, the tonality. Which to the listener may be a reflection of your empathy, your concern. Uh, that's important, too. And the context is probably the most important thing. I'm a big words guy. Uh, I talk to lots of lawyers. And so the consequence of that is, you know, they, they like precision, right? So they want you to be very precise. So be careful with the words you choose. There's a, uh, everybody's heard of synonyms and antonyms. And there's some really interesting uh, other words. For example, contronyms. I don't know if any of you have heard that before. You might want to look it up, check it out contronyms. So these are words that have dual meanings depending on the context. So I identified a few of them. But before I do that, our show is sponsored by Virtue Health. Virtue Health, John Sabraco talks about that briefly. And so I'd like to give you a little commentary on Virtue Health as I see it. So imagine considering partially self-insuring the most un actuarially unpredictable risks in the marketplace, small to mid-sized business with potentially little or no claims experience. And you're going to take them on a risk profile where they're going to pay according to the cost that their risk units actually incur, as opposed to prepaying your financing through a premium to an insurance carrier and then, uh, you know, taking whatever you get from them, which is usually a rate increase every year. And so imagine being able to take these small to mid-sized risks and package them in a form and fashion whereby you can have greater control, greater flexibility, greater ability to impact the frequency and severity of claims, and then to manifest it year after year after year with one of the most competitive, much better than market rate renewal renewals for the pool that Virtue Health represents. And so John has been able to, through Virtue Health, to significantly mitigate the risk. So if you think about, you know, self-funding, if you graphed it, kind of looks like these charts, it's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And so what you want is to have the valleys not so low and the peaks not so high. And so it really moderates the risk. And John's virtue through Virtue Health has done this for years, as witnessed by the average renewal increase 
which he's uniquely created through the virtue health stop loss contracts that he has, which allows an employer to not have to stand alone there, buck naked based on, you know, your little 50 man groups, actual claims experience and have to, you know, kind of throw the dice and see if you have a good year or bad year to determine what your stop loss premiums are going to be. So that's my, uh, that's my two cents worth on virtue health. You should give it a look, call John or call Crystal and take a look-see. So now let's talk about contronyms. Context, context is really important. So for example, you take the word consult. Consult can mean to offer advice or to obtain it. So it depends on the context. I know that a lot of you guys and gals out there who are brokers, you don't necessarily do consulting. You present the the pluses, the minuses, the advantages, the disadvantages, and you tell people, you know, here's your, here's all the work we did. And then, you know, here's what they look like side by side. And here's the, the rates commensurate with each option. You guys talk about it and let me know what you want to do. That's one style of, you know, consulting more like brokering, but then there's other people who want to help even that's one of the contronyms. They want to help the, the client make a decision based on their experience and their informed insights into the industry, into the nuances of plan design changes and networks and which PBM and whether you do, you know, direct primary care, or, you know, whether you do high deductible, whether you do an HSA and all of, you know, all of those components, everybody. And so that's, uh, that's one of those words. Here's another one. Fine. I don't know if you've ever had fine menswear, right? Or women's wear, but that usually means you've got some sort of bespoke custom option, right? And at the same time, you can brush something off and they go, how are you? I'm fine. Oh, which reminds me, see what happens when you have uh, years of experience? Fine. Fine. What does fine mean? freaked out insecure neurotic and uh fine insecure neurotic and uh oh, i can't remember the e if anybody can remember the e type it in there but yeah there's all kinds of uh, little monikers running around inside my brain so fine can be just a brush off you know like and eh, you know so i'm okay right not bespoke not the other meaning right here's another one clip right well you you clip something you cut it off or you clip something and you put it together, right? So it really, you got to think about that when we're talking about healthcare. Freaked out, insecure, uh, neurotic and emotional. That was it, thank you. Whoever post, posted that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what fine is. So when somebody tells you I'm fine, you know, you can tell them that. You know what fine stands for? <laughs> yeah, freaked out, insecure, neurotic and emotional. Is that you? What else I got? Overlook. Oh, gosh. You overlooked reading the stop loss contract. And you didn't see the fine print about non-disclosed claims that were current. Or you didn't see, you overlooked the fact that it wasn't a match from the prior plan. They didn't copy the plan document. They have exclusions in it that weren't in the last plan document because you overlooked it. 
that could be a problem, right? Uh, at the same time, you can overlook your staff who are responsible for reading the contracts. So uh, important stuff. Screen, screen's another word, okay, screen, right? If uh, screen can mean to block, you know, uh, like in basketball, if you screen somebody, you're, you're blocking them, you're hindering them. And at the same time, uh, it can mean to present. So healthcare words, let's think. Uh, we use so much jargon in our business that it's really important that you make sure that what you think you're saying that that the listener is actually hearing because we use terms that we kind of assume that because somebody buys insurance five times in their career for five years 10 years 15 20 what does that mean in 15 years experience doing this so you've purchased you've purchased healthcare 15 times wow you know so the average broker out there is going to be hundreds and somebody really experienced is going to be literally thousands of renewals who do you suppose has greater insight? And so you you have to be careful when you're when we're using jargons um, to explain why. Why is DPC? Why is DPC good? You know, it's so funny when you, you've been in this business long enough. I mean, it was indemnity when I started. PPOs were just coming out. PCS was the first PBM. Okay, they just rolled out when I started in the business, and then. Uh, we had so the PPOs were all at 100%. In order to get, in order to steer membership into a PPO, you had to give them 100% coverage. Try try to find that today. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Well, unless of course you call me and you talk to us about the 100% actual value plan that we sell. But I digress. So uh, that became uh, HMOs and POSs and consumer-driven health plans and high-deductible health plans and HSAs. And now we're coming back full circle going, hey, you know what? It's not going to be an HMO, but we think, you know, having a primary care physician as your quarterback, as somebody who's the the, the leader, who's not a singularist, right? One of my one of my friends who's a physician, who's a primary care physician, he said, you know what? You know what we call surgeons? Singularists. They do one thing. And, uh, but it's good insight because if you know, if you go to a surgeon, you can expect one answer. You need surgery most of the time. So primary care physicians stand to uh, make a really strong comeback. There's a lot of conversations about it. The challenges are, you know, United owns tens of thousands of physicians. Do they want to do it? Because if they don't want to do it, it ain't going to happen. And you've got hospitals that own them. And so, you know, everybody's worried about protecting their, their fiefdoms and their revenue streams. And so you can bet on one thing. There's going to be a heck of a lot of changes that are going to continue to come. Medicare is going to drive a bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of uh, conversations out there on how Medicare is going to pay. Did you see the news just today? April 23rd, uh, April 23rd, uh, February 23rd. Humana just announced, hey, we're out of here. No more commercial business. They only had, they didn't even have 2 million commercial members anyway. So it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, they were the H in Buka. So they're gone. And they're going to focus on what? The same thing everybody's focusing on, Medicare Advantage, right? That's the money tree. And so uh, you're going to see a lot more healthcare migrating to the homes. They're all trying to figure out how to scale that version. Amazon just closed on one medical. Everybody's, you know, trying to figure out who they can buy within the vertical 
to figure out how they can distribute whatever it is they sell. And so um, in the middle of all this, there's going to be probably new words created with new meanings that the buyer's not going to understand. So take the time to make sure that what you think you're saying is what they're hearing, because even a word like savings is not obvious. And so uh, I guess I'll leave it at that tonight. Our show is every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Join us at headsupadvisor.com. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. I'm from LA, so I can say that. Uh, that's it. Have a good night. Check out Virtue Health. Call Crystal or John Sabraco. Have a good night. <laughs>